You're listening to The Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay tuned for economic uplift. It's all about the money. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. Up next, we have a phenomenal brother. I was getting involved in a conversation with him. I'm looking forward to hearing more about what he has to say. I didn't get much of a bio on him, but I think he has a lot of wonderful things to tell us. His name is Richard Wright. Right, right. The truth, the truth is, she just chewed me out over here. She said it was a deep conversation, and all actuality, I think I received the chew out that I didn't know I was going to receive. How's everyone doing this afternoon? Good. As a former teacher, I, I enjoy being able to move around a little bit and look around the room. It's it's awesome to be here this afternoon. the The place feels vibrant. There there are an array of topics. Today, you'll hear from different speakers, different performers, and obviously a lot of our young people that are committed to talents and beyond. My name is Rashard Wright, and I'm the Chief Schools Officer for Virginia Beach City Public Schools. And let me share with you what you know, kind of what that entails. I have the honor of overseeing all 86 schools in Virginia Beach, and we have about 68,000 students in Virginia Beach City Public Schools. I'm a native of Hampton, Virginia. I grew up in Hampton, went to Kickatown High School, you know, played a little football like every young man that grows up in the state of Virginia on the 757 and thought he was going to the NFL, but started teaching. And I gained my passion for young people at a very young age. When I was up in the Richmond area finishing at VCU, and doing tutoring in the city of Richmond. And I immediately knew that I wanted to work with young people. The tutoring conversation meant that I could connect with individuals that may have been missing something. So it wasn't just about the curriculum. It wasn't about the lesson plan. It was about connecting with our students. And that led me to teaching, becoming an assistant principal, I was a middle school principal at Spratly Middle School in the city of Hampton for years, and also at Kickatown High School, my alma mater. So I've had a, had a great, great journey. I've worked in a couple other school divisions also, and about a year and a half ago, I started in Virginia Beach as chief of schools. I wanna talk, I wanna have a conversation, and I know we have a lot moving around at one time. I wanna have a conversation with you all about equity. It's a topic that we've been unpacking in Virginia Beach. About two weeks ago, we hosted a Region 2 Equity Through Excellence Conference. Region 2 is, we have eight regions in the state of Virginia, 134 school districts. But in our region, we have 12 school districts. For instance, Chesapeake, Portsmouth, Norfolk, Hampton, York County, Williamsburg. Two weeks ago, we hosted an Equity Through Excellence conference where we had different school divisions come in and start talking about equity. So I want to ask you all, and it's not a quiz, I'm not in teacher mode, even though I love being a teacher. Do you all know the difference between equality and equity? Let me just walk around and we'll talk about it. Anyone know the difference or want to share the difference between equality and equity? Equality uh, has similarity. Uh, equity is your things that you own, possess, or want to invest in. 
My take is that equality is inclusion and equity is what you own. I don't know if I'm right, but um, equality is um, having everything in common and equity is what you're worth. All right. I mentioned that two weeks ago we hosted an Excellence Through Equity conference. We brought together maybe nine of the 12 school divisions. We also had a couple um, popular authors, Pedro Naguero, who does a lot of work nationally around equity and education, and also Alan Blankstein, who uh, authored Failure's Not an Option. We've been unpacking and doing a lot of heavy lifting around the difference between equality and equity. And as a passionate educator, and as someone who's responsible for leaders, the development of leaders, and the support for schools, this is my definition of equity. Equality versus equity. Equality would be giving all of our young people shoes. Equality is giving all of our students shoes. Imagine a classroom of 30 students. We want our students to have what they need every day. Equity is giving those 30 students shoes that fit them. I'm gonna say that again. Difference between equality and equity. I could have all of you sitting here right now and I could walk around and say, here's some resources, all right? They, they could be handouts, they could be jump drives, T-shirts, you ever go to an event and they're giving out T-shirts? You want a T-shirt, but you want a T-shirt that what? So you end up with like a 2X, but you really needed an X. Or you come home and you have a small, and you say, I have an extra small, but I didn't get the T-shirt that I needed. Ladies and gentlemen, our goal in education has to be providing students shoes that fit them. Students have their own individual unique needs particularly when it comes to learning. How, how many of you didn't learn well when it came to the overhead projector? The teacher's standing in front of the room like this. They're writing. Well, guess what? I was in the back doing like this. Because as you can see, as I'm speaking now, I was the same as a student. I needed to do what? I needed to do what, ladies and gentlemen? I needed to... Now, it didn't mean that because I couldn't sit still in Miss Waters' class that I wasn't prepared to learn and that my mother didn't do the best that she could sending me off to school prepared to learn. It just meant that I needed to be in an environment that fit me. We have teachers, wonderful teachers that are working hard every day to have classroom settings that fit an array of needs for our students, and that's equity. Equity through excellence is focusing on the individual needs of our students. We struggle nationally with that topic. Now here's some factors that can challenge us along the way and as we go through this equity journey. Poverty. Now, it's pretty hard for students to learn in school if they're hungry, right? Right? I'm a little hungry, so you know, I, I walk through those double doors back there and I'm coming up the walkway. I'm looking for people I recognize, and the first thing I, I smelled the food, right? Maslow's hierarchy of needs, food, clothing, shelter, feeling safe. So our students have to come to school every day full, feeling safe and secure, 
If something happened the night before, or something happened that mo that morning, learning is really important, and that test is important, but never more important than the safety and the well-being and the hearts and the spirits and the bodies of our students. Nothing's more important than their individual safety, their social and emotional well-being. We've done a really good job in the state of Virginia testing. Virginia's ranked fourth nationally when it comes to public education, but we want to do a better job with the whole child. We have to do a better job. It should not matter where a student comes from. It should not matter what a student looks like. It should not matter how much money they have. What matters is the individual needs that we're committing to. I'm not here to lecture. I'm not here to lecture. I'm here to have a conversation with you about equity. How many of you are parents? Well, I have three boys. Don't judge. One is 17, one is six, and one is two. Don't ask me questions about that. <laughs> it's called not ready, ready, and oops. All right, and some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But I bring my sons up for this reason. The three of them learn differently. They act differently. Sometimes I look at my wife and I'm like, you sure that's my child? Because I don't know where he got that from, right? We cannot provide them the same type of educational experience. We need to provide them an excellent, high quality, rigorous, experiential, innovative, personal educational experience. But my three sons are very different. My oldest son, would prefer to spend time with a computer than any of you. Bottom line, that's just who he is. My middle boy, he might want to write a poem and I need to like it. My two-year-old would be biting the bottom of this tree right now until it falls. All right, and he would be happy with that, all right? But they're different. In education, the goal should be to light a fire in our students based on what makes them happy in the way that they want to learn, not the way that we want to teach them. So that's the focus of equity. I have another question for you. Your favorite teacher when you were coming up. Pause for a second. I want you to take a moment. Get that name in your head for a second. You got it? Your favorite teacher. Everyone have it. If you have that name, Raise your hand for me. You have that name. You've thought about that teacher and you have it. You have it? Raise your hand if you have that name in your head right now. All right. Why was he or she your favorite teacher? They cared about the students and their education. What did it mean individually for you? This particular teacher, what did this teacher do for you? He had more patience and wanted me to succeed. Okay, I need one more example, and then I need to tell you something. My, my teacher was Betsy Garrett. She was my high school teacher, and she was important to me because she wouldn't allow me to give up. And she knew that I was going through some kind of trauma, and because of that trauma, I was acting up in her classroom. I wasn't paying attention, and she didn't want to hear it. She said, you're too smart not to graduate, and because of her, I have been able to be successful in life. So my person is Betsy Gary.
Israel sent to Reston. All right, one more. Dr. Martin, come in for a second, sir. Put you on the spot. He's going to hurt me later. One more. Your favorite teacher and why? My favorite teacher was my, which I would call shop teacher. I got a more of a tech ed background. And I think I liked them because they were hands-on. We did a lot of hands-on activities. And they were just down to earth. They didn't judge, judge the students that came in there. We, just, we all had a good time. And we did meaningful work. It wasn't a lot of paperwork. We were building stuff. We were doing projects, real activities. All right. Think about the theme with all those descriptions. No one said, my favorite teacher was Mr. Wright because he gave the best multiple choice tests I've ever taken in my life. My favorite teacher was Mrs. Wright because of the Pythagorean theorem, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. My favorite teacher was Mr. Dunleavy because stay fly, stay fly. Award-winning producer fly. Raheem Shabazz continues the elementary genocide documentary series with the school to prison pipeline. That film exposes the social engineering done to African-American children in the school system. And his other film, Elementary Genocide 2, The Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, takes an even deeper look at the history of the American school system and how it was made to justify subjugating black Americans. These films are on track to be the most discussed films in black America. These films feature people like Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Kretz Welsing, and many, many more. The documentary is available right now at elementarygenocide.com. That's elementarygenocide.com. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. Mr. Dunleavy taught me multiplication, addition, and subtraction. When we talk about our favorite teachers, these are teachers and educators that committed to us on a personal level. If someone commits to you in an equitable fashion based on your needs, you never forget them. They motivate you, they empower you beyond paper and pencil, beyond a spreadsheet, beyond a computerized test. They are teaching your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, my time with you today was to, to share with you that the focus of education has to be equity and touching the hearts of young people. I'm excited about the work that we're doing in Virginia Beach. I'm excited about the work that we're doing in our region. We have powerful teachers, powerful schools. We need your help with that. But again, equality is giving everyone shoes. If we're going to have amazing public schools, equity has to be about giving our young people shoes that what? Shoes that what? Anyone have any questions just about public education in general or any work we're doing in Virginia Beach or the region? I'll be happy to answer for you. My question, how is Virginia Beach differ from the other cities, other seven cities, in reference to what kind of programs they're putting together to individually help students learn based on who they are? We've taken the approach, uh, based on our strategic framework, we have four focus areas. High, high academic expectations, multiple pathways, uh, social and emotional development, and a culture of growth and excellence. Specifically, we're taking the approach of social and emotional learning in classrooms and personalized learning. And how, how does that look? That means that in classrooms you'll see a lot more stations and centers. Um, you'll see a great deal of student-led work and student-led activities in classrooms. We also have a very clear focus on student voice. 
meaning hearing from our students, having them become a lot more, a uh, lot more involved in the process, uh, owning their own learning. So we want our teachers to be guides on the side and not just sage on the stage, making it about them. Um, based on our work with exceptional children, which could be both ends of the spectrum, whether it's gifted or students with disability, um, we are strengthening from a more subjective standpoint, strengthening our identification process when it comes to students that are gifted. Uh, we know that giftedness doesn't always rear itself in the form of compliance and sitting down and making great grades. You know, giftedness is also that young man that cannot sit still and wants to or be active. So we're doing a lot more of that. Individualizing our efforts, talking, communicating, and, and having more of a dialogue around what families and what students need. I want to take that a step further. We have a couple programs that are powerful. Uh, Beach Girls Rock and our work with our African-American males, bringing our students together on the weekends, um, working on leadership, really unpacking their lives and what they're experiencing, focusing on leadership skills, focusing on our communication skills, and also that social emotional development. So I can actually provide some of that information. I can sit down and email you some information before I leave here. But we're doing a lot to impact the individual child. Is there still work to do? Always. Always. But I think it takes a community effort and it takes us committing to having the conversation. Not only has that started this year, that's been ongoing, all of those. And there's a lot more. There's a lot more to that. Yeah, I feel really good about what we're doing or I wouldn't be there. Okay. Any more questions? How can we, as a foundation, come to Virginia Beach schools and speak to the students about domestic violence? I was a speaker at Green Run, but um, that was a challenge just to, and that was only because of Brittany, who was here earlier, who, um, a student who, who got it all together. But we want to talk to the students about teen dating, teen violence, um, so a lot of students experience domestic violence at home, child abuse, sexual assault, and all of these things are happening in the schools right now. So we want to bring awareness and prevention and provide them the help. Um, but the schools are so resistant. So do you have any advice for us? And I, and I wouldn't say resistant. We, as you know, as a public education institution, we work closely with our parents. And domestic violence is such a sensitive topic for families that providing safe avenues and approved avenues of communication for our young people is something that we would have to work on collectively. For instance, organizations as such that work with us that we partner with, a lot of times it takes a memorandum of understanding you know, about how we can communicate and how we help our young people. And we can speak about that individually. Um, I know that it's difficult sometimes getting in the door. Who do I talk to? And that's not, that's not about the lack of value and what you're providing. A lot, a lot of times we have a lot going on all the time. Um, and, it's, and it's about communication. And, and step one is let's discuss, let me link you with the right people so at least we can start that process, all right? We can start that process today, all right? Anyone else? Before they give me the hook, you know the hook's gonna come at some point. Or, or the drum. Uh-huh, see, you see? See, she told me to wrap it up. Any more questions? I've enjoyed this. I, I love what I do. 
and I always believe that if you love what you do, it's not work. I benefited from great teachers, so I wanted to become a teacher. So thank you for your time this afternoon. Equity and education, thank you very much. Y'all see how he tried to blow up my spot? But he came with a wealth of good information, so I'm gonna let that go. I was just trying to ask the brother some questions and whatnot, and then he, you know, our little private conversation, he had to blow up my spot. But no, y'all give it up for brother um, Richard Wright. He did a great job, and I like the whole Q&A session. To be continued. Okay, it's in the bag. That's right. The fly guys is a positive vibe. It's a great production. Thank you for listening. Peace and prosperity. Route. No, seriously, route. Peace. Salute. Abari Ghani. Hotel. Mm-hmm.